Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Yes, you're in a fight. You're in a fight for the lives, the souls and the spirits of men and women. Here on this island, here in this region and around the world. And that is an intense fight, especially in these last of the last days. For truly, the thief goes about. Truly, your enemy seeks to destroy that which is close to your heart. But I've empowered you, informed you, and raised you up in this hour to be a light in the midst of darkness. Therefore, stand your ground. Stand your ground in righteousness. Stand your ground in authority. Stand your ground in that which I have deposited into your heart and spirit. Do not pull back or recede, but press forward and make a decision this day. We'll not lose another. We'll not lose another. We'll not let another slip through the cracks, slip between our fingers. No, we will sanctify. We will set apart. We will witness to our brothers, to our sisters, to those that are without, to those that are undone. We will go to the neighborhoods and the nations and do the will of God. And we will rescue and revive that which the enemy is trying to destroy. And we will see the fruit of God's harvest come in. Therefore, today, be encouraged and rejoice that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So press in like never before and gain and receive the precious fruit of the earth, for it belongs unto the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands up and receive that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We lift up every person that is prodigal in their heart, that has taken the provision of the Father's house and gone into a far country spiritually and wasted their substance on riotous living. But Father, we declare they come to themselves. They come to themselves and recognize there's bread in the Father's house. We use our authority corporately in the name of Jesus. We say, foul spirit of alcohol, be broken. Foul spirit of drug addiction, be broken. Spirit of self-destruction and suicide, be gone in Jesus' name. And Father, we declare a restoration and a revival of those out of fellowship with you coming back to the house of God, coming back to the Lord. Now, Lord, we declare it. You said declare a thing and it would be established. So we declare it today in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to begin to thank God just like if they were standing right there next to you. Just like if they were standing right there next to you worshiping God. Come on, go ahead and worship God. That's what faith will do. That's what faith will do. Lord, we thank you. We declare it. We rejoice in it. We rejoice in it. We rejoice in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
I tell you, the devil's defeated. He's under our feet. And I guarantee you we're going to demonstrate that as long as we're on this planet. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, remember, we studied here the last three weeks uh, the name of Jesus. We know it's his name through faith in his name. Uh, That is the key. You know, you'll find out that the name of Jesus is not just a, 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 you know, some religious title. Uh, the name of Jesus is not just, you know, uh, 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 some type of, uh, you know, like Muhammad or Buddha or, you know, some way that we identify our brand of belief. Uh, there's no other name in the universe like the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven, earth, and under the earth must bow. Now, the thing about the earth is this. The name of Jesus under the earth or in the region of, uh, of darkness, it, it's automatic. They must bow. And, and, and in heaven, they must bow. But now on earth, it's still a choice. But one day, it won't be a choice. You say, what, what do you mean? Bow your knee now. Bow your knee now to Jesus. Don't, don't, wait, don't wait till it's too late. Amen. Because you will bow your knee one day. You will. Don't do it in judgment. Do it in grace. Because if you do it in grace, there's all kinds of benefits, including eternal life. But we know at the name of Jesus, sickness and disease can be healed. We know at the name of Jesus, oppression can be broken. We know at the name of Jesus, addiction can be broken. We know at the name of Jesus that, that heartache and, and problems can, be just, can, can, can just be soothed away. Uh, we know at the name of Jesus, people can fulfill their callings and destinies. You know, we don't do anything for, quote, Christ's cause. We do it in his name. Because in his name releases the authority and power that God has invested in his name, in his word. So we saw last week, I think is a good example, that there's all kinds of things in the word of God about the name of Jesus. And as we study that, remember last week we saw the three ways he got his name. He got it through conquest. He got it through having it conferred upon him. He got it through inheritance and through inheritance he has transferred it to us. We are, what does the Bible say in Romans 8? We are heirs and joint heirs. Woo, man, I tell you, let's let's don't get off on that. We'll just, it'll get too crazy, amen? But we have the name of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. You can know all these things and still be defeated because you must use them in your life on a continual, perpetual basis. Make a decision. I'm living by the name of Jesus. Make a decision. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to walk in health. I'm going to walk in peace in my mind. I'm going to do it. And when the, adversary, when the adversary attacks me, I've got, I am loaded for bear. Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, it's one thing to, one thing to fight your enemy with an, with an equal uh, uh, implement, an equal weapon. But it's another thing when you got them outgunned. I used to have a, a, a tape series. That's back when we used to produce a lot of CDs on the field. I used to have a tape series called God's Atom Bomb. And how, you know, uh, when uh, uh, you fight somebody, you could use a sharp stick or you could use a knife, or you could get you a pistol, or you could get you a rifle, or you could get you a bazooka, or a handgun, or you could get you a tank, amen, or you could get you a battleship, are you with me? Or you could get you an atom bomb. Now, an atom bomb has a way of removing all the doubt when it comes to defeat, amen. You drop enough atom bombs, the doubt will be removed. Well, I want you to know, uh, down in the region of hell itself, an atom not an atom, but an atom bomb was dropped. Which means there was an explosion that took place that cured all the ails of Adam's fallen, fallen race. 
and that was Jesus. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And I want you to know, the devil is defeated. He is a defeated entity in the earth. The Bible says in Isaiah, we saw that when we studied our adversary, that when we see him, we're going to go. You mean this is what gave me all the problems on earth? You mean this is the one that caused the nations to tremble and the cities to be destroyed? That's it. We're, we're going to be so astonished at how weak and how dilapidated and how uh, unpowerful he really is. The only power Satan wields over you as a believer is the power you give him. Through, through apathy, complacency, doubt, unbelief, fear, he'll, he'll beat your brains out. But he doesn't have the right to do it. But you're more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the earth. Now, when it comes to this power that God has given us, we've talked about the power of the name of Jesus. We're going to talk about the power of the word, the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to get into that later. But I want you to know, just in understanding the authority that we have in Christ, we know and we've seen that it's delegated. We know that when Jesus rose from the dead, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that his resurrection was a demonstration of the power of God toward us who believe. What a demonstration of power. All of the sickness, all of the sin, all of the iniquity, which is the motivation to sin, all of the depravity, everything that was wrong with human, the human race. Jesus destroyed, broke, dissolved. One, 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 one scripture over in 1 John says, for this reason was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy. That word destroy is loosen and dissolve. That he might destroy the works of the adversary. Well, either he did or he didn't. I got good news for you. He did. He destroyed. He loosened. He dissolved it. So he rises from the dead with all of this power, with all of this authority, with all of this ability, supernatural ability. Now, what good would it do for him to take that to heaven and to, and to, and to store it away in heaven? What good would that do? I mean, there's, you, you don't need healing in heaven. There's no sickness. There's no disease. You need healing on earth. Uh, you, don't need, you don't have deliverance meetings in heaven. Uh, you say, well, there's no demons up there oppressing people. You don't need prosperity in heaven. Mind the streets are, 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 made, are, are paved with pure gold. You might know what pure gold is. That's crystal clear gold. Because pure gold has no impurity in it. There's no color to it. With pure gold. Remember, we, we, we taught on heaven a few weeks back. So we must understand that if, that if all that authority and power, if it was just stored away in heaven for some other dispensation or generation, what good would it do us? Yeah, what good would it do God? God would have, he has no use of it. And I found this out about God. He uses what he's got. I said he uses his word. He uses his spirit. He uses his authority. He uses his power. And Jesus had his disciples pray this. Thy will be done on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you noticed when Jesus walked around for his three and a half years of miracle? He was bringing what? The provision of heaven to the earth. The provision. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He, he brought supernatural provision. He stilled the storm. He cleared the lep, uh, cleansed the lepers. He opened blind eyes. He did. He brought the provision of heaven down to the fallen earth. Well, now he's in heaven. But he's put you in him. You are in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. You're the new creature. You're in Christ. And God has deposited into your life power and authority. It is delegated. It's his power. 
It's his authority, but he gives you the right to use it. So now notice, notice this here in, in Luke chapter 8. Excuse me, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over three devils. Oh, I'm sorry, I just wrote three there. It says all devils. Everybody say all. all. And to cure diseases. Now, he is delegated. Now, understand this. People say, well, that's the disciples. That's Matthew and and that's Peter, and that's John, and that's James, and that's, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, 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 who was the doubter? Thomas, that's Thomas. I don't remember the doubters, amen. That's, 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 the, that's the disciples. That's the disciples. Well, who do you think you are? Did you know you are greater than the disciples were when they walked with Jesus? They were not born again yet. They were not baptized in the Holy Ghost yet. They were not, actually, they struggled with many weaknesses and inabilities. But Jesus still said, hey, I want you to take this power. I want you to take this authority. And I want you to go cast out all devils and cure disease. Now, if they could do it in an unregenerate state, why can't we do it in a state of regeneration? Because you are in a state of regeneration. Your physical, excuse me, your spirit has been born again unto God. They had not been born again yet, and they're still operating that power. And there's people who've been born again filled with the Holy Ghost, and they don't operate in it. So, now go to, go to chapter 10 real quick. Let's look at one more scripture, and then we'll go to the book of James. Look at chapter 10 there in verse 19. Jesus speaking again. He says, behold. Everybody say, behold. That means look and see or experience. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He said, well, Pastor, I, I, I really don't want to. You know, I, I love the Lord, and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to come to church. I'm gonna, but, man, I, I don't want to think I, I could go push the devil around or, or mess with demon powers of any kind. Or, why not? Jesus said, you're going to do what? Walk. That means have authority over, stand above, put your feet upon. You're going to walk on what? Serpents and I don't mean we go out and find a bunch of serpents and start walking on them. What was it? A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned something about the people that, that handle the snakes. And I think that night, some guy got bit by one and it killed him. We're not going to, we're not, this is talking about demon powers, serpents and scorpions. And then if that doesn't help you over all power of the enemy. All power, power to depress you, power to uh, put poverty into your life, power to oppress you, all the power. Any type of so-called power that the enemy has, God has given you in Christ greater power, much greater power than that. And then it says this, nothing. Now, if it says nothing, then I agree, it means nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means you get involved in the spiritual authority that God has deposited in you, the power that he's placed in you through the word, by the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost. You start running the devil out of your life, running him out of your physical body, running him out of your finances, out of your job, out of your business. There isn't anything going to hurt you in this process. The enemy can't get revenge on God's people. Don't be intimidated by the devil. But there are some issues. Now go to James. You say, well, pastor, why in the world doesn't it work for me then? Well, let's look here in the scripture and see if we're lining up with the word. Because if we're lining up with the word, it works. Go to the book of James, 
believe it's chapter 4 I want to be in. James chapter 4. We'll go to James and then over to 1 Peter, and that'll be our last scripture. James chapter 4, verse 7. Now, there's that word we love right there, isn't it? Everybody just shouts and dances and runs around the church whenever we use that word and rolls on the floor, becomes holy rollers. and You never get much buzz out of that word, do you? Notice what it says, though. Let me read it. We'll look at it. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's go backwards forward. The word flee, in the English, F-L-E, just to run. In the Greek, translated, to run in stark terror. Now, do you have the image in your mind of when you say, in the name of Jesus, do you have the image of the individual demon or devil or whatever it is that's tormenting your mind or your life or bringing sickness or or the circumstances? Do you have an image of it running from you in stark terror? Most people are just trying it to see if it works. Let me try this out. In the name of Jesus. No, you might as well say abracadabra. (laughs) Amen. Remember overnight, overnight, where was it, 18 or 19? I think it's Acts 19, where there was uh, seven, they called them vagabond Jews, traveling Jews, exorcists that went around. So they, they found a guy that was possessed by a devil, and they said this. They said, we adjure thee. By the Jesus whom Paul preaches to come. And you know that devil laughed at him. He said, Jesus we know and Paul we know. If you study that in the scriptures, he said it like this. Jesus we know through experience. Paul we know through reputation. But who are you? And the Bible says he stripped them naked, run them out in the street. You know what they were were trying it. No, you don't try it. No, you do it. I said, you do it. And you have an image of your adversary running and start to, not from you personally, You're no one in yourself, but running from Jesus and that name. Remember what we said about that name? It takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Now notice what it says. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Flee, then resist. That word means actively opposed. You can't be passive. Now look, look. We want to minister to every person that comes to Island Church. If you need help. We give almost every service, we give opportunity for people to come up front, lay hands on you for healing, minister the power of God to you, whatever. But there comes a time in your life where you just got to get to the point you say, you know, devil, I've had enough of you. I'm not going to wait till I get to church. I'm not, I'm not going to wait till Pastor Rusty lays hands on me, Pastor Leo. I am going to actively oppose you right now. I'm tired of you in my home. I'm tired of you in my finances. I'm tired of you messing with my mind. Listen, some of you that are suffering in your mind where you have these continual attacks of anxiety where these thoughts just kind of roll like machine gun bullets going off in your mind. The Bible, uh, David says, I will, what? Say of the Lord. Take the name of Jesus and speak it to your mind. Say in the name of Jesus, I will not entertain these thoughts. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands, get your foul, stinking thoughts out of my mind in Jesus' name. He said, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it does? Do it till it does. Do it till it manifests. Do it till he what? Resists till he runs in stark terror. But now the first phrase, submit yourself, therefore, 
to God. Well, preachers and denominations and churches have taken those words and twisted them all the people. Well, submit to this denomination. Submit to this church. Submit to this organization. Submit to this ministry. Oh, he's got this great anointing. If you'll submit to him, you No, no, no. It says what? Submit yourself. That means you're the only one who can do it. Husbands can't do it for wives. Wives can't do it for husbands. Amen. No, you submit yourself, which means to take and to put under. That means you see the word, you have an opinion, you see the word, you take the word, you put it above. You make it the center, not your opinion. Not what religion says, not what tradition says. You see it in the word, you know there's power in the word, you know there's authority in the word, so you see it and you submit to it. You put yourself under that. You don't hold on to your opinion, you don't hold on, hold on to your idea. You say, that's the word, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in my mind, I'm gonna put it in my mouth, I'm gonna put it in my thinking, I'm going to submit to it. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. See, we've submitted to everything else. Submission has gotten so kinky over the years. That there has risen up many times right before a great move of God or a great move of the Holy Ghost. They'll rise up what's called shepherding movements. And the uh, great submission where people will come and give all of their money to the church and the church will pay their bills. (laughs) If you fall for that. If you fall for that. Listen. If you fall for that and then come back to Island Church in a couple of years, you know, I'm just going to pat you on the back and say, praise God, mercy, mercy, mercy. We'll believe God to restore you. But I told you. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you can't even, you got to go ask them when you go on, can go on vacation. Ask them if you can do this. Ask them, ask them if you can real, wear, wear red socks or blue socks. Well, if you ain't got enough sense to do that and you need somebody to tell you, then you're in more trouble than you think. No, we don't go for none of that kinky submission around here. We want people to submit themselves, therefore, to God. That means you submit yourself to the Word of God. Listen, if you submit yourself to God, then you don't have problems submitting to a pastor, to a church, to the anointings of God, to the giftings of God. You don't have any problem with that. That's automatic because you submit to God first. Because if you submit to a man, man make a mistake, you're going to fall him right into that mistake. You submit to an organization and an organization making a mistake, you're going to fall them right into that mistake. You don't want that. I said, you don't want that. No, submit yourself, therefore, to God. So we can see plainly here that to the ability you're able to muster resistance, that's to the dimension you submit yourself. More submission, more resistance. More submission, more resistance. More submission, more resistance. God wants to empower you with the greatest amount of resistance you need in your life so that you can walk victoriously in the things of God and not live life from one problem to one situation to one storm to one circumstance. I'm telling you, we come out of one thing, what's next? No, God doesn't want you doing that. God wants you, listen, this is a word from God for somebody here. God wants you to have extended periods of time in your life in which you don't have problems with the devil. You don't have problems with sickness, disease, or finance. You're cruising in the things of God, thanking God, blessing God, growing up in the things of God where you don't have a whole bunch of stinking problems. We're here to help you get you out, but there's some you're going to have to get yourself out of. Now, now go to 1 Peter real quick. How's my time? I'm doing good. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Now look at verse 6. Here's another one of those words. Here we go. Yeah, one of them other words, you know. Humble. Just humble yourself. You know, you're not so hot. 
I mean, you know, people, they get a little teaching just enough to make them dangerous, and they think they're a spiritual hot rod. You know? I remember after five years in the ministry, I could answer any question. <laughs> after 10, I couldn't answer any. <laughs> after 20, when I figured out how much I really did not know, I started hiding from people. <laughs> Amen? You say, why is that? Because listen, if I counsel you back there, you can talk back. But if I counsel out here, you can't say nothing. So this is your counseling session today, amen? <laughs> Humble. That means get rid of pride. That's one of the, just get rid of pride. Pride is confidence in self. Hey, man, you know, if this God thing doesn't work, I'm all right. <laughs> this faith thing, if I find out I don't like it, hey, that's all right, you know. I got, I got it going on. I got a degree. Amen. I got a PhD, post hole digger. <laughs> So you're making fun of education? No way. Get all the education you can get. Get all the, but confidence in self is pride no matter what level it may be on. No, no. Humble yourself. Realize you need God. You need God. You need his authority. You need his power. You need to know how to function in that authority and power. Amen. So humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you or lift you up in due time. We well, you know what it says over in Philippians chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 6 to a, to a uh, uh, what does it say? My mind just went blank. That he will exalt you in due season. Yeah, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. For every person. Now listen to this real, 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 real carefully. Because you really need to know this. In every believer's life. There is scheduled by God. A due season. Now you'll have many of them if you'll serve God. If you'll just serve God. There'll be many quote due seasons. In which he what? Lifts you up. Exalts you. This past week I have a, 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 an iPod that has like 5,000 and something messages on it. By Kenneth Hagin and John Osteen and all these people. And one of my favorite messages that Brother Osteen used to preach. Uh, he wrote a little book called Saturday's Coming. You ever heard that message? He talked about, he promised his little daughter uh, when she was young. That, that uh, it was like a Monday or a Tuesday. That on a Saturday she would, he, he would take her to Foley's and buy her this dress that she saw. Well, she said, once I gave my daughter that word, he, she said, all week long, that's all she could, we're going to Foley's on Sunday. We're going, I mean, on Saturday, we're going to Foley's on, we're going to, she said she was happy, she was joyous, no matter what came that week, nothing could discourage her. She was like, on Saturday, daddy's taking me to Foley's. On Saturday, we're going to Foley's to get that dress. So he preached a message called Saturday's Coming. There is a time in between, Mark eleven twenty three. 23, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive, and you shall have it. There's a time in between, believe you receive, and you shall have it. That is a time in which the fight of faith takes place. That is the arena in which you use your spiritual authority. Where you bind, where you loose, where you use the name of Jesus, where you say, devil, I'm not giving up, I'm not quitting. In between those two times, you say, why? Because your Saturday's coming. Your God will deliver. He will. Now, I've seen it over and over. We've seen it in our ministry. We've seen it in our personal lives. We've seen it in hundreds of people's lives here at Island Church. You've just got to stay with it. Humble yourself and recognize that in due season, at due time, God will bring his provision into your life. Now, verse 7. Uh -huh. This is a tough one. We can say this is why it does work, why it do doesn't work. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
Let me read. I like it in the Amplified. Casting the whole of all of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Do you believe that about God? Do you believe that about God? I mean, uh, it was about two weeks ago, I prayed a prayer of just release. I said, Lord, I ain't going to worry about that church. I'm not going to worry about that building on 45th Street. I'm not going to worry about the money. I'm not going to worry about the architects. I'm not going to worry about the contractors. I'm not going to worry about the vendors. I'm not going to worry about the carpet. I'm not going to worry about the ceiling, the lights, the sound system. I'm not going I am casting the whole of the care of it on you. Now, here's the thing. God allows you responsibility without care. Wow. Most people have it just the opposite. They have no responsibility and a truckload of cares. Thinking, why doesn't God trust me with more? Why doesn't God trust me to do more? It's because you're carrying around so much anxiety, so much woe, worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen in Russia, what's going to happen in China, what's going to happen in Canada, what's going to happen in my job, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. All the what ifs and we're two fours of life you worry about, you meditate over and over, negative meditation, worry, 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 and you weight yourself down with that. Now, if you're distracted, you know, I don't want no distracted police officers around. Because they are what? Law enforcement officers. That's what you are. You are an enforcer of the law of the spirit and law of life over the law of sin and death. So if you've got a police officer out here and he's got all these problems in his life, then he's just over there leaning against the post saying, Hey, I'd like to help you with that burglar, but man, I got some stuff going on in my life. You would, I mean, you're just getting broken into it. I can tell you some stories now. You know, I mean, I know you're going 400 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, but I'd like to stop you from doing that. But I got some real issues in my own life that are stopping me from the badge, the gun thing. You know, I know I'm wearing the badge. I know I got the gun, but, you know, I, I just, I got other issues in life I can't mess with. I can't mess with it. What would happen to our society? It'd go into anarchy. No, to be a law enforcement officer, you got to focus. You got to kind of, I think they use the term, you got to leave what's at the house at the house. And you also have to leave what's at the office. It's at the office if you're a law enforcement officer, amen. If you're here this morning, that, that's a good word for them. But as a believer, you can't carry your cares. You can't do it. It destroys your ability to worship and praise. It destroys your ability to focus upon God. Listen, it accesses the enemy's garbage. He'll put thoughts in your mind. He'll put imaginations in your mind. He'll put all kinds of stuff. And literally, I've prayed with people before that, that, that I, I, I've prayed. You know, your problem is you need to just let all this go. Let the Lord have it. And just see, you can, it's almost like they float back to their seats. Don't carry those cares. Make it. You say, well, it's just not, not that easy. It, you don't understand, preacher, what, I've, what I'm going through. You can talk about getting up there and casting your cares, but I'm really going through some stuff. Well, come follow me for a week, honey. Because I, only, I not only have your problem, I've got the problem of about five or 600 other people. How do you deal with that? You've got to cast. You've got to trust God. You've got to do what's responsible. You say, well, because I'm doing something about your problem. I'm up here preaching you the word, teaching you the word, ministering to you by the Spirit, doing what I'm supposed to do. That's the responsible thing. But I ain't taking your problem home with me. If you say, well, Jesus said, my burden's easy. My yoke is light. Come, learn of me. Isn't that good? I could preach on that. Now notice the next verse 8. I'm almost finished. 
Be sober. Now, most people say, well, that's, I got that one beat, brother. <laughs> I threw away the Jack Daniels years ago. That's not what it's talking about. Nothing will put you under the influence more than your problem. You drink your problem, you drink your problem, you drink your problem, you drink. Oh, talk, 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 think, think, think. Look it up on the internet. Talk, talk, talk. Get on the phone, text, tweet, Facebook. What are the rest of them? I don't know. And there you go. Uh, you do that all week, then you come to church. You're not sober. You're under the influence of your problem. Amen? No, sober up. Cut the information flow of the problem. That's the first place you can begin to do something about your problem is in the flow of information that you are seeking about the problem. Seek the information about the answer. And that'll sober you up. Be vigilant. That means stay with it. Keep coming to church. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. We, we kind of, for our DAP students, and, and this is what I do, do myself, we, 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 we've learned to read the Bible. Read the Bible every day, every day. Two chapters in the Old, two chapters in the New, five Psalms and a Proverb. Every day it takes about 20 minutes. Then take about 20 minutes and pray. Then take about 20 minutes and worship and glorify. And I guarantee you, if you do that for a year, your life will radically change. Your life will be so different, you'll look back and say, why did I never do that before? It's that, then just come to church. Come to church every time you can. Every time you can get to the house of God, you come. You say, why? Because when we fellowship one with another, we strengthen. There's a corporate, we have the what? Same spirit of faith. A spirit of faith. More is caught than taught. A spirit of faith. A boldness will get on you. Amen. So be vigilant. Now notice this. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, here we go. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom, there it is, there's the word again, resist, that's actively opposed, resist, steadfast in the faith. So God is showing us, number one, you've got an adversary. But it does not say he is a lion. It says as a lion. Let me, some of y'all need to hear this. Because they've blown the devil up to be more than he ever is. It does not say he is a lion. It says as. As a lion. That means he, he's not is, he's as. He's not is, he's as. And if you could adopt, I know that's so abstract in our thinking and so illegal when it comes to our language. You say, what do you mean? It is abstract in our thinking, which means faith is connected to it. Abstract and illegal. You can't say is and as like that. But if you'll recognize, oh man, if I had time to teach on this, you'd just get real happy. <laughs> that everything the enemy tempts you with, sickness, disease, depression, poverty, lack, cares of the world, it's not an is, it's an as. But he wants you to make it an is. You say, what do you mean by that? He knows that he is not a creator. He is a created being. He is a fallen angel. We study that when we studied our adversary. He has no creative power, but you do. You are made in the likeness and image of God. God says in Isaiah, I will create the fruits of your lip. You are what you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. The belief system works whether you're a Christian or not. 
And what your adversary wants to do is to bombard your mind and bombard your mind with all kinds of thoughts, with all kinds of thoughts, trying to get you to believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it, because his ultimate goal is to get you to just say it. Just admit it. You have cancer. You say, that's serious. That's serious. I would never say that. I don't care if I had a tumor on every square inch of my body. Amen. You say, you would, then you're a fool. You'd be in denial. No, 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 no. Hold on. Listen to the whole story. Listen to the whole story. Listen to the whole story. I don't possess it. It's mine. It's not mine. It may be trying to invade my body it may be trying to get into my body it may be trying to tempt me to step outside the provision of God but I'm going to give it no attention no relevance I'm going to say in the name of Jesus leave my body I do not possess you I possess healing the fact may be the doctor has said but the truth is by his stripes I'm healed I'm not denying, I'm making application of what the Word of God says to it. I am resisting. I am actively opposing. I'm saying in the name of Jesus, every foul cell of cancer in my body, leave in Jesus' name. Every foul cell of whatever disease it may be, of, a, of diabetes or arthritis or no matter what, leave my body in Jesus' name. I do not accept you. I will not receive you because the enemy wants you to do what? Just say it, say, say, you got it. Just come on, come on, say, say, say the D word. That's what he wants in every marriage. When we counsel couples and they come and sit in front of us, we tell them, you say that word. We think we might have to get a divorce. You're sunk. It'll take a miracle to turn a couple like that. Once you've said it, once you've let that word out of your mouth, once you've given life, so you've got to understand this word thing, this creator thing, this life and death in the power of the tongue. Authority is released how? Believing, speaking. Amen. So you've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to understand, you've got an adversary. He's not a roaring lion. He's a big fake. He's a big phony. He goes around as a roar. There's not but one roaring lion in the new covenant. And he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And his name is Jesus. And he wants to put his word in your mouth, his word in your heart, his word in your spirit. So you can rise up and do what? Resist. Actively oppose the devil. And he's going to do what? He's going to flee. He's going to run and strike terror. You know what he's going to see when he sees you doing that? He's going to see Jesus. He's going to respond to you. You say, now come on, preacher. That's pretty far flung there. No, no, that's right in the Word of God. You are in Christ. You know, I, I heard a story. I re actually read it. It was about our forces that occupied Japan after uh, 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 World War II in 1945. I believe they signed that thing in September sometime on the battleship Missouri. After that, our forces went and occupied uh, Tokyo and that area around there. Well, there were also two or three other nations that had uh, token forces in the area. But all the men were encouraged to keep their uniforms on. Don't, don't dress in civilian clothes. Don't put on civilian clothes. Now, the reason that they wanted to do that is because they understood Oriental mentality. That Oriental mentality was very subservient, especially upon defeat. Whenever they were defeated, they became very subservient to, their, to their, those that defeated them or their captors. Now, that means there were people there 
Oh, take uh, uh, Douglas MacArthur. Uh, Douglas MacArthur at that time had gotten his fifth star. He was a five-star general. So he wore, you know, if you ever saw any pictures of him in that era, he wore, you know, a khaki shirt and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and khaki pants. And his, and his, but he wore what's called a, a Philippine campaign hat. But on his shoulder, on his uh, 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 collars, he had five stars. But, you know, there are other guys that didn't have no stars on their shoulders. Or there are other guys that didn't have no stripes on their sleeves. Or there are other guys that were, you know, they were peeling potatoes in the, in the, in the mess getting ready for dinner. They weren't generals. They weren't colonels. Uh, they weren't majors. They weren't captains. They were just lowly privates. But with their uniform on, this is what this, this article said. With their uniform on, it continually reminded the adversary or the enemy they were defeated. They were defeated. That uniform continually reminded them of their defeat and of their submission to its, of the power of the United States and the, and the coalition that defeated them. Now, I want you to know, God has clothed you with righteousness. You may not have on the uniform of a pastor, a prophet, apostle, teacher, evangelist, some great missionary, but listen, you're still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And every time the devil sees you, he's reminded of his defeat 2,000 years ago. He knows more about his defeat than you do. And he looks at you and probes you and wonders, do they know who they are? Do they know how they're dressed? Do they know about the name of Jesus? Do they know about the power of the Holy Ghost? Did you know, do they know that this thing that I'm doing to them, as long as they allow me to do it, I can do it. But as soon as they actively oppose me, I have to stop and turn and flee and start terror. Do they know that? Do, they're trying to figure out, do you know that? And then if you do know that, they, are they going to practice that? Are they going to do that? Are they just going to sit back and wait till Sunday morning or wait till Wednesday night to get prayed? Are they going to do that on Tuesday afternoon? Are they going to do that on Friday morning? Is that, are they going to do that? Are they just going to sit around apathetic and complacent? Are they going to do that? They will probe demon powers, the devil. He'll probe, he'll look. But if you'll stand in your righteousness, if you'll stand in the reality of who you are in Christ, if you'll stand with that name of Jesus, your authority and power, the authority and power of the Word of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, which we'll study, all of this ability, all of this divine power, all of this, it's in you. And make a decision. He ain't going to do it. He may go on around seeking, but when he comes to me, he's going to find out he done found the wrong thing. God wants you to build a resume of victory in your life. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems. That doesn't mean that we're not going to face circumstances or situations. We face them every day. But that means when the enemy is looking for volunteers to come to your house, he don't find nobody willing. Them little devils are down there like, man, I went there about three months ago and I'm telling you what. We went in over there, man, they beat us up, bruised us, kicked us out, ran us down. They must go to Island Church. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be resistance against your forward progression in spiritual things. But the good news is God has already given us the victory. Thanks be unto God that causes us always, always, always to triumph.
in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lift your hands up and worship God. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for your word that empowers us. Thank you for the strength of that word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost today that causes people's spiritual ears to be open to help them recognize how special, how important they are to God. That God has not abandoned them, but has equipped them to live a life of overcoming, overwhelming victory here on this earth. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.